Cause I'm a dreamer and sleep is the cousin of death Really stuck in the schema Wondering when I'ma rest And you're right, your brother was a brother to me And your sister's situation was the one that put me In a direction to speak on something that's realer than the TV screen By any means wasn't trying to hold Finn to come between Her personal life, I was like, it need to be told Cursing the life of 20 generations at the her soul Exactly what I happened if I ain't continue rapping Or steady being distracted by money, drugs, and four fives I count lives all on these songs Look at the weak and cry Pray one day you be strong Fighting for your rights Even when you're wrong And hope that at least one of you think about me Welcome to the Jim and I Me Podcast I'm your host, the Shav Geek And this is episode 8 And it's called Dying of Thirst Alright, so that's episode 8 That means I drop an episode every week So currently I'm at two months straight Yeah, two months straight of giving y'all a podcast every single week. I don't plan on stopping anytime soon. Even though I had a real rough week. I had a really rough week and I kind of felt like, not even kind of, I really felt like I didn't want to drop. I didn't want to drop. I didn't want to post. I just wanted to sit and reflect on what's going on in my life and try to strategize a plan to make things better because things aren't okay. And now I'm not afraid to tell you guys that. Like, this podcast is not supposed to be personal. Um, you know, I want y'all to know me, but to a certain degree. That's how I felt in the past. But today, I'm really ready to put it all on the line and just put it all out there because I feel like this could potentially help somebody. You know what I mean? Like, this could be not inspiration, but just this could be to show you that, hey, maybe things aren't as bad as you think it is. You know what I mean? And um, first, I want to talk about social media. And I always talk about my love and hate for social media. And I just want to elaborate on that. And it's basically like, I seen a post. Well, before I say any of that, let me just say that I listened to the official ATL podcast yesterday. And her episode this week was talking about how to maneuver when you're broke. How to maneuver when you don't have like a lot of money to your name. And to be specific, um, what I took from it was that, you know, if you only, you know, you had one of the weeks to where you paid all your bills and you only got like maybe $10 left or you only got like, you know, however much amount of money left for yourself, how to survive off that, right? And I, that resonated with me on a deeper level because I live like that. And... There's a lot of us, and when I say us, I mean like young, I want to even say young black Americans, because I know people that's like this. There's a lot of us that's kind of living check to check, right? And you can still get your bills paid when you live in check to check. But, you know, the goal and aspirations is to go beyond that and not live check to check and have something in the savings and fix your credit and... You know, just be able to live comfortably comfortably, and have financial freedom. But that's not where I'm at. So I'm going I'm to take it from the top. Like I said, I want to talk about the what social media does to you, right? I seen this girl I went to high school with. Her name is Ty. Um, I don't even know her real name. I just know on Instagram she's Ty Dashian. So if you, could, you know, if you care to follow that, go follow her. But anyway, she made a post. And also Miki is a person like this. And Miki is kind of who I get this from, too. But basically, they make posts saying, you need to love you for you. You need to live your life and cherish every day on this planet, regardless of what's going on. And that you need to find happiness. Like, happiness needs to come from within you. Happiness cannot come. Your happiness cannot come from outside source. Your happiness cannot come from a relationship or money or any materialistic or tangible item like your happiness truly has to come from within and so this year or not even just this year because I've been trying to practice this for the past at least five years but you know just me turning 30 is just it's, it feels a little bit different it's like I'm trying to learn how to be happy with me how to be happy with DJ like how to not only feel good when I have money, or not to only be a good person when I have money, or not to only be in good spirits when me and Liz is on good terms. You know what I mean? Or like when me and whoever's on good terms, or when I'm making money at the job, or I'm getting hours, or I'm not having car problems, or I'm not having, you know, money issues, or, or whatever else that could 
come from, you know, not being happy. It's like I'm truly, and I don't meditate yet, but I think I might start that. I think I should start that. I'm not even going to say might. Because I have that issue, too, to where something doesn't go my way. I'm not... Let me say, I'm not go, I'm not the person that's gonna be on social media like complaining and raining, and I don't feel like there's anything wrong with that. And that's kind of what I, kind of how I want to go into the first topic. But I feel like I kind of lost my point. I'm just saying that happiness should come within you. So follow me on that. Now the girl Todd, she was on social media, she was on Instagram, and she basically said that well, all the time she talks about, like I said, that happiness should come from within you and not anything else, and you should be happy with yourself. Even to the smallest point of when you post something, let's say the post doesn't get a hundred million, whatever views, uh, you know, whatever like it doesn't matter if people are liking your shit, because if you have a brand to market then yes, I feel like that's important. But as far as like you as an individual, if you post a picture, post that picture for you. Don't post that picture with hopes that this person will like it or that person will like it. Or don't post things online with the hopes of going viral. You know what I mean? Like just post that because that picture is of you and it made you happy and it made you feel good about yourself. And if other people like it too, then other people like it too. And I know this seems really simple, but it it really works because I ain't gonna lie, for the first time I did that recently and I felt good about it, like just posting something of me because my Instagram page is really like snippets of the podcast and I haven't really been posting pictures um, as of recent because I'm not in the best, I want to say financial state. I'm mentally good, but I'm not in the best financial state. So when I'm not in the best financial state, I don't really want to take pictures because I don't want to fake the funk, but that's the mentality that I have to grow out of. But like I said, I posted a picture recently and I felt good because it it made me feel good. I like what I saw. And then anybody else who likes it, that's cool, but I don't need your like to validate how I feel about myself. You know what I mean? And I think we all subconsciously have have been mentally trained and conditioned to feel that way about social media, which is why if you're on social media and you don't have a large following or you don't have a lot of interactions on certain sites, it makes you not want to deal with those sites because that's how I am on Facebook. I don't get any love on Facebook as far as the brand goes. Now, me as a person, I can post things and, you know, people are like it or not like it. But as far as my brand goes, I don't get a lot of love on social media. I mean, it's on Facebook besides certain people, you know, so that is what it is. But back to Ty, because I keep going off track. This might be a long podcast, so y'all just bear with me. You know what I mean? Or you don't have to listen. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if you got this phone, you feel like it ain't for you, then that's cool, too. I appreciate the time spent. But Ty said that she had hung out with this girl who's an Instagram model, quote, unquote, and that the girl... First of all, the girl didn't look how she looked on Instagram, and the girl wasn't living how it appeared to be that she was living on Instagram, and she was saying that it basically, it made her sad because people feel like they have to continue with this facade and this fake perception that I am this kind of way when I'm not that kind of way, and that's basically what I want to say. is like the false perception that social media gives us. It's like... We don't post our lows. We post the highs, but we don't post the lows. You ever think about that? Like, you ever think about out of everybody you follow on social media, like, instead of somebody saying, hey, this is happening to me and this is negative, or I'm going through something and it's negative, a person will just not post. Like, you'll, you'll see that person disappear. So, technically, you won't see that person on social media for a little while. And I always found that interesting that for me, when I first began my social media usage, like for real, for real, it was in 2009 with Twitter. And um, that, you know, that continued on to 2011 before me and Liz got really serious in our relationship because I remember I used to tweet everything. Like I use Twitter as a personal journal. So if you could go, you know, if you care to, you could go dig up my tweets. You'll see like I tweeted a lot. I didn't care who was following me. I didn't care what was going on. I just had to get those thoughts out. And that was my only way to release those thoughts. So nowadays, I feel like that's not a cool thing to do. You know what I mean? Like, it's not a cool thing to say, hey, man. Like, I remember tweeting some shit about um, my light bill was due. I was late on my light bill one week, late on rent, and my phone was off. Like, and I remember tweeting that shit 
And it's like, you know, people and you know, people responded to it and it was like, man, keep your head up, keep your head up. And I was like, cool. But today, I don't think that would go over the same way. You know what I mean? I feel like somebody might retweet that shit and say, man, look at this broke ass nigga on Twitter back. You know what I mean? And not that that matters, but I'm just saying like Twitter, social media is just at a different place. I don't think that people can be as vulnerable on social media as they were back then because I feel like today on social media, it is a facade. You know what I mean? Like it's this wall you build up full of your perfections, full of all the good things about you versus back then you could just really be you because, you know, it wasn't that advanced. You know what I mean? Like niggas didn't have like 30,000 followers and niggas wasn't tweeting and talking about bullshit just to gain the following. You know what I mean? Like I feel like people was tweeting from the heart and people was just being authentic with it. I don't think that's the case today. You know what I mean? And so... Everyone shares their highs and nobody shares their lows. And I think that's problematic or an issue because we as human beings, we go through ups and downs every day. You know what I mean? Like every day we go through ups and downs. Like the past couple weeks, I've gone through shit. Not even going to pretend. That was definitely a punching right there. Um, So what I was saying was that when me and Liz got serious, I stopped using social media. But I used, well, I didn't stop using social media. I stopped being so personal on Twitter. Like, I remember the last thing I said on Twitter before she checked me, it was like, and this is 2011, maybe 2012, but I was like, I'm trying to eat some pussy today. And she was like, when she seen it, she was like, nah, don't do that. Don't we, <laughs> we not going to do that. Like, let's not do that. Let's not, you know, so let's keep this between us. And so from that point forward, moving forward, I just, I didn't tweet anything personal no more. And not that that was super personal, but looking back, it's kind of like, yeah, that's, that's extreme. But again, I was 21, 22, um, whatever. I don't have to explain it, but I'm, I'm just saying like, from that conversation moving forward is when I decided, okay, I'm not going to use social media to be personable anymore. And so right now, did I even get to the point about Ty? Oh yeah, so the point, the point, the point about Ty was that... It was sad because the girl isn't living how she was living on social media. Like, in real life, like, she doesn't look the same. And her living conditions are not the best, not the greatest. But through that rose-filtered lens that social media is, she can become a whole different person and be somebody else. And in my opinion, I think it would only be cool if you're doing it in a fake-it-till-you-make-it type situation to where... You know, maybe you're trying to be a social media influencer. You need you need a certain amount of followers, and then you contact these people to say, "Hey, you know, you can let help me. You can let me help you promote your brand, and then you pay me, and then you start making money off Instagram." Like I can I can understand that, you know, faking it till you make it, but just putting up a facade like you live in large and you not live in large. I don't understand that. I don't understand where the fakeness comes from. I don't know if it's like our generation. And when I say our generation, I mean people that was born in the 80s and like early 90s. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know if that's a disconnect between that and, you know, the younger people. But it's definitely a disconnect. And I feel like social media can be a good thing and a very bad thing. I think social media puts pressure on us to make us feel like we should be living in a way that we're not. I feel like social media makes it seem like, you know, you can be envious and it kind of makes you jealous. Um, It's a whole lot of negatives that come with social media. Now, there's some positives, but I don't really want to talk about the positives today. I want to talk about the negatives. So let's say, for example, like for me, I'm 30, right? Well, I'm I'm damn near 30. Um, If there are people that I went to high school with on social media regardless, like the way my personality is set up, the way my brain works, regardless if I'm up financially or down financially, I really don't care to see a person my age say, hey, uh, y'all niggas broke, y'all niggas need to get on y'all shit, y'all niggas this, y'all niggas that, when it's like, I know that you had help. Like recently, I seen one of my homeboys, and I'm not going to put his name out there, but I seen him making some comments about finances, right? And... I'm looking at it and I'm just surprised because I know for a fact, you're not going to put it on social media, but I know that you was just living with your mom for like the past however many years and you was living rent free and you got a chance to save your money up. So you went and bought, you know, you went and made a big purchase and it's like you made the big purchase. Now maybe you didn't venture off on your own. Now you got to another apartment, whatever the situation is. Now you feel like it's cool to look down or talk down on other people. 
And I'm not saying that because I take this shit personal. I'm just saying it's like if everybody was allowed to like live with a person and not have to pay rent and make a job making however many much hour, I expect you to be able to make those big purchases. You know what I mean? Like that's kind of expected of you because I'm not saying you got it easy, but it's not like you out here, you know, getting it out the mud, um, struggling. You know what I mean? It's like you, you're not struggling. So it's like, I don't understand like why niggas talk down on finances. And I'm trying to like trade lightly because I don't want to, you know what I mean? Say nothing to make nobody feel offended when niggas say this. But people will do that. I've seen it. I've seen people tweet about being broke. Uh, not even just tweet, but I've seen people say on social media, oh, I'm broke. I wish my situation changed, la da 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 And then, like, you know, once that situation changed a couple months later, now it's, oh, y'all niggas broke. Y'all can't afford this. Y'all need to get on y'all shit, la da da Y'all acting whatever, whatever. Could never be me. And it's like, nigga, just, you know, just six months ago, you was, you was down bad. And now it's like you up. And it's like you it ain't even like you want some millionaire shit. Like you just at a up you just at a point where you're just financially in a great space and now you feel like it's cool to talk down and I don't get that. I don't understand that. I've seen multiple people do it. I don't get it. You know what I mean? And then it's like the nigga that I know personally, the person that I personally know within my age group that has the most money, like the most at least six figures to like maybe half a, I ain't even put the man finances out. Or maybe 92, yeah, 90 probably fit into this category too. But the people that I know that really have money, money, they don't even talk about money. You see no post for them talking about money. And it's kind of like the um, the statement to where they say the nigga in the room with the most money, you know, or when you compare a bunch of rappers. Like I think when Jay-Z took a picture with Amigos or some shit and he ain't have on no chain and Amigos got on all this shit. And it's like Hove is worth, you know, what Hove is worth and Amigos are worth what they're worth. And that's no shot to them, but it's like, People with money don't have to flaunt it and don't have to show it. And I don't know if that's the difference between like having it for a long time and being used to it or what, but it's like, I don't understand the talking down. I don't understand the speaking negatively on somebody when you was just in that situation. You know what I mean? Like, I really don't get it. And like I said, if you living with somebody or you living with a parent or aunt or a friend and they not making you pay nothing and you still making good money and then you pull yourself out the situation like I salute to you hats off but it's like it's no reason to speak down or talk negatively on nobody I don't understand that but again it's the devil in social media because I'm pretty sure like whatever's going on on your timeline is probably influencing you to say that I tell my nigga Courtney that all the time it's like Social media kind of is what you make it. And when I say that, I mean that your timeline might influence how you speak, right? So if you're on, let's say Facebook again, if you're on Facebook and all you have is friends saying, oh, niggas ain't shit, bitches ain't shit, la da da and they speaking negative all the time, then that's probably going to influence the shit that you're writing versus if you're, if you have a timeline like mine, that's like, you know, black positivity, um, pro-black loving one another, being mentally in a great space, um, trying to learn financial literacy, you know what I'm saying, trying to improve on things in your life from like your day-to-day, like go take a walk, clear your mind, get some air, um, learn how to fix your credit, uh, you know, sharing jobs, like, hey, this place is hiring, y'all should go apply here. To get. It's like that really dictates what's happening. And so I choose to have, I choose to follow people that are positive and that are like-minded people. And so I don't really deal with the whole negative timeline anymore. Because me personally, if I start seeing that shit from anybody, I mute you. And if it continues, then I unfollow you. Because even though social media is not a real place, it's like when I am there, I do want to feel positive. I don't want to feel negative emotions. You know what I mean? Like, just think about it. Like, it's... It's not laws of attraction. I don't know what the phrase is. I don't know what the proper phrase is for this, but if you log on to your shit every day and see a person speaking negative, or let's, let's not even say that. Let's say every time you see a certain person on a certain social media site, they always speak negative. They say nothing positive. They say nothing uplifting. It's always negative. It's always talking down. Then in my head, that means that your life is negative and, you know, you have negative things going on in your life. And it's like, it's about, for me, energies. Keep that negative energy over there. I was just having a conversation with my best friend about that, Sherman. Keep, I keep negative energy away from me. Like, if I walk into a situation and I sense that the energy is off, 
I remove myself from that situation. And then when I do leave, I'm never coming back. I told my nigga Courtney the same thing. It's like, dog, you have to protect your energy. And I know that shit sound like some yoga and do meditation type shit. And that's not bad. That's not bad. You know what I'm saying? But I know people try to like poke fun at, um, let's say, modern day hippies. But it's like energies is a real thing, man. Keep your energy positive. Keep positive people in your circle. You know what I mean? Like you don't need that negative shit around you at all. At all, man. Some people are literally draining. Like, you ever talk to a person that always got some fucked up shit happening to them? Like, always. And then if, like, and they always down, then it's just sorrow and despair. And it's like, why? Like, how? You know what I mean? Like, I get we all go through rough patches. But I believe, personally, that the rough patches should be patches. It should be good and bad, ups and downs. Hopefully, more ups than downs. You know what I mean? And every time you're down, you should learn from it. But if you're doing the same thing, if you if you was in a fucked up situation 10 years ago and you're still in a fucked up situation now and it's like every time I talk to you, it's, you know, bad. And it's like maybe you should try to do something different. Maybe you should try to maneuver different. Maybe you should, you know, maybe change your views on the world or change the way you do things or change the way you view things or change the people around you. Start over. You know what I mean? I really feel like you have to have like your inner circle has to uplift you. You know what I mean? And I maybe this is not on par with what I'm saying, but you don't want to be the smartest person in the room. You know what I mean? Like you want to be able to learn from the people around you. You want to be able to take little traits from everybody and then, you know, absorb that shit and try to learn and do better. That's how I feel. Because personally, I'm at a low point. I'm at a very low point. And I was just thinking to myself the other day, I was like, damn, last year around this time, 420, Liz was sick. She had a, she got diagnosed with a blood disease that I never heard of out of nowhere. She had just had surgery like the month before. And I remember that we were so broke. I was so broke. This is crazy. I was so broke. I didn't even, like, she got sick in Georgia. She, she went home for a weekend and she fucking around and got sick, had to go to the hospital. We lived in Alabama. I was so broke. I didn't even have the gas money to get to Georgia to even go see her while she was in the hospital. I had to ask my dad for money. Like, that's how broke I was. And then on top of that, I'm, you know, taking days off and not picking up shifts to go deal with her and go be there for her mentally when it's like, because she's sick, she can't work. So that falls back on me to continue to try to keep the bills and shit in order. Like, the bills don't stop because life happens. The landlords still want their money. The light bill people still want their money. The water bill people still want their money. Your car insurance is still due. All that shit, it doesn't stop. That's real. That's You know what I'm saying? So it's like, imagine being that broke to a fucking life emergency happens and you don't even have the fucking funds to deal with it. That's why now, a year later, I'm trying to put myself in a position to where I actually have a savings and I'm not living check to check like I was talking about earlier. Because living check to check, it might work on a weekly or a bi-weekly basis, but that shit is going to fuck you up in the long run, dog. And even right now, I don't have nothing saved. Like I literally, after paying bills this week, I literally have right now my phone bill about to come out tomorrow. I'm going to keep it a buck. I got $9 to my name until next week. But the bills is paid, I got food, and I got gas in the car. You know what I mean? I got one bill that's not paid, but I'm going to pay that shit next week. But that's the result of living check to check. So the reason I'm in this position is because I decided to leave the chum bucket in 2017 because they started garnishing my wages. Now, in 2014, in 2013, I filed my taxes, got like 700 back, that was cool. In 2014, I filed my taxes and didn't get anything back. And I figured it was because of student loans, but I never knew officially. So I didn't file my taxes between 2014 and 2017. I went three years without filing taxes. Yes, I did. That's what I'm saying. I don't give a fuck. It is what it is. So in 2017, when I tried to file my taxes, um, I got hit with the Obamacare thing to where if you don't have insurance, they're going to make you pay it on your taxes. So on top of me, on top of them trying to take my taxes, they was trying to make me pay like 1100 for not having Obamacare. So I logged out. I said, fuck it. You know, whatever happened, happened. But I don't have $1,100 to pay y'all. 
Like, I don't have that shit. I don't have fucking $500 to my name right now. Why the fuck would I give y'all $1,100? So that happened. As soon as I did that, my very next check from Waffle House, he got hit with a garnishment. And I think it was because I finally filed taxes and, you know, I put my information from Waffle House into the, um, you know, into the system. So my next check, I'll never forget. I had my nigga, I had my best friend down here. Well, I was in Alabama. I came to Georgia, got my best friend for a couple of days, and I was like, fuck it, man, I'm a thug with my nigga. So when I go to pick my check up, this shit is like looking light. And I'm like, man, what the fuck wrong with my check? So then I go look at the, you know what I'm saying, why it was so light. Because it was only $170 and it was supposed to be like 270 or 270 or whatever for that week. It was a light week. But I still should have made way more than what I made. So I seen I got hit with a garnishment. So what I did was I tried to figure out from why, ooh, I almost let that slip from the chum bucket why I was getting hit with a garnishment. And they said it was from the Department of Education that I owed $17,000. And so I continue working, but mind you, at this time, I'm taking care of, I had moved in with my girl, left my last apartment, didn't get another apartment. I just said, fucking, I'm going to just move in with her and we're going to do it like that. And I'm going to pay rent and she can pay, um, she can pay the light bill or whatever, but I'm going to hold down the rent. You know what I mean? I'm going to do it like that. So that happened. And I panicked because I was like, well, fuck, I didn't just, you know, made this plan. I made these plans with her and I'm a man. I don't want to back down from what I got going on. So I'm going to figure this shit out. So when they hit me with the garnishments, I was like, man, fuck, I could stay here and I could deal with it. Or I could try to go find something else. And I chose to find something else because, like I said, I didn't get a letter. Nobody notified me what was going on. I just had to call corporate and find out from them and then they couldn't give me this exact information of who, who was taking the money so I was like fuck I can't even pay it back I can't even do a plan like everybody said okay you go do a plan but I'm like I don't know who I owe the money to like I know it's student loans but I don't know who I owe the money to so y'all expect me to pay the money to whoever like I can't do that so I decided yo I'm gonna go somewhere else so I had a co-worker that worked at Walmart she was like, yeah, we hiring in the deli. And so I went to Walmart. I said, fuck, you know what I mean? Like, they they can't garnish me here. And I was just going to run from it. I remember that was my plan two, two, three, what was it, 2019? That was my plan two years ago. I was like, fuck it, I'm going to run from it. I swear to God, I was like, yo, I'm going to run from it. And the crazy part is the shit worked for like nine months. Like, everything was cool. Like, the only time we was late on our rent was, only time I was late on rent for like, you know, that period of time is when I was trying to do some extra shit, and it was only like a week, but we was never like fucked up at that point, and then I got into it with a manager, and him and I wasn't seeing out of eye, so I left, not, I didn't leave immediately, but I got another job at um, Olive Garden, and so I was working both, and then I was like, you know what, man, this nigga not feeling me, so I'm gonna go ahead and just go full time over here, but... What I fucked up was that the man told me when he hired me, the manager at Olive Garden, that this is a part-time job. I'm not hiring you for full-time. I'm hiring you for part-time. So long looking back, I should have kept Walmart and just did Walmart two days a week and then did Olive Garden. But like I said, I wasn't feeling the manager and the way my personality works is like if a nigga say, not a nigga, but if somebody say something crazy to me, job or not, or something that I don't agree with, I have to address the shit. Like, you go get addressed whether you my boss or you not because I feel like I'm a man at the end of the day and I'm not going to let a nigga play with me. But pride always cometh before the fall. Again, pride always cometh before the fall. So that means I made this obligation to my girl that I was going to take care of this shit, right? I made that. I told her, hey, I'm going to take care of this shit, and I didn't. You know what I mean? I wasn't a man of my word. So... I left there, went to Olive Garden, thought shit was cool because I was making, what, 12, whatever, and I was only making 11 at Walmart, but I get to Olive Garden, and it's like, oh, they real about that, it ain't no hour shit, to where, I don't know who works in the food industry that listens to this podcast, but if you work in the food industry, then you know, like, there's such things as labor costs, and what labor costs is, basically, if you, if the company is not making enough money on that day, they will send you home, right, and so... That's what was happening for like an entire year. Worked at Olive Garden, started struggling to the point where I started having to ask her, hey, can you help me pay this rent? Hey, I got car insurance. And that's not on top of the fact that I was behind on rent. Um, my little brother let me use his car because the Pontiac broke down. So I'm riding in a brand new car. But what comes with that is insurance, right? I went from paying $50 a month insurance to like $210 um, with State Farm. So I got $210 car insurance. 
I got a fifty dollar phone bill. Still had Netflix and Hulu. That's twelve, thirteen a piece, and the rent was four seventy five. And I couldn't do that off all the garden alone. So niggas struggled. So bring that back to the whole. She gets sick, and that's where I'm at. She gets sick, and I'm fucking broke to the point where I gotta decide if I want to pay rent. I want to pay car insurance. And mind you, that's not my car. That's my little brother's car who's deployed in Japan right now. And he's letting me use it because, again, my Pontiac broke down. You know what I mean? So, deciding to pay rent. <laughs> deciding to pay car insurance. Deciding to pay rent. Deciding to eat. Shit was fucked up. You know what I mean? Shit was fucked up. So, that's what I lived with for about a year. And then I decided that I was going to humble myself and try to come back to my mom because my girl was graduating and the finances just wasn't it it just wasn't doable so I said let me fall back let me try to get my shit together so I did that for a couple months and then it got to a point where me and her broke up and I was at my mom's and I was just like I can't I can't do this shit I don't want to do this shit you don't like I'd rather struggle on my own than be like, you know, go back to somebody telling you, oh, well, turn the lights off at this time or don't do this at this time or you can't cook or you can't use the uh, washer and dryer after a certain time and then you can't cook after a certain time and you need to be quiet. You can't touch the air and all that shit is like, I'm not doing it. So I decided to come to this little weekly motel and that's where I'm at. I'm at a weekly motel paying whatever I'm paying a week and shit is hard. You know what I'm saying? Like they denied me for food stamps. Because they say I still make too much after the gross. They don't count the net. They count the gross. They deny me for food stamps. I'm still getting garnished. And shit is still a struggle. Every week, shit is literally still a struggle. But I'm thugging through this shit. I'm trucking through it. And I feel like I've been through worse. And I'm going to get out this shit. But I say that to say, life is going to test you. You know what I mean? Like, And to bring it back to what I was saying, I've been high financially and I've been low. You know what I mean? Like, I was high for, like, the past couple years. Like, at least since, like, 2015 when I branched out on my own. Because, you know, I've had apartments before, but I've always had roommates. I mean, like, when I finally had the money to get my own apartment and have my own space and shit like that, like, things have been good like that since the past, since 2015. So it's, like, four years of that and then having that downfall into this. And it's, like, I feel like... It just makes the story better. You know what I mean? In the long run, it makes the story better. I can look back at that shit and be like, okay, that's cool. Because when I wasn't getting garnished from the chum bucket, I was foolish. You know what I mean? Like, I was paying my bills on time, you know, helping my girl pay whatever she needed to help. Um, taking out, buying, like, going to the mall for me every week. Like, buying whatever weed I wanted. Whatever I wanted to smoke, I could smoke. I can afford it. Whatever clothes I wanted, I had it. Whatever games I wanted, I could get it. And shit was cool. You know what I mean? Shit was cool. So it was like, I set myself up on a payment plan. Finally got in contact. Oh, yeah, I'm skipping. I'm skipping. Um, CS. Okay, so I'm in here, right? I'm here. I'm in this little weekly motel thing. I go to pay my taxes this year. And I haven't tried it since 2017. So this is 2019. So I go to pay my taxes. And thankfully, the Obamacare law, that shit is done. So they're telling me that I'm looking at making $1,200 back. So I'm like, cool, you know, I'm not dependent on that shit, but it's cool because I'm still getting garnished. So when they take the whole $1,200, i am like, bet, you know what I'm saying, that shit is what it is. But this time they sent me a letter, the Department of Education sent me a letter and they said, hey, this is where your money is going, this is how much you owe. Call this number to rectify the situation. I called the number, set up a payment plan, boom. So now, that was three months ago, come June 1st, I will no longer be getting garnished. So I'll be back to, you know, nigga, I don't, I don't give a fuck. Y'all come pop us all you want to. I don't know what you making, but that's what you making. I don't have no kids. I'm by myself. Like four to five hundred dollars a week. Uh, six hundred. Yeah, if I rock master girl out there, five hundred dollars a week. I'm good. You know what I mean? Like that's what I need to sustain my way of living versus the two fifty. So right now I'm working the same amount of hours. The same amount of hard work is getting put into my job, but I'm making literally half of what I should make. And to keep it a buck, what they're charging me here is like two ten. So it's like imagine making, imagine you're supposed to make five hundred dollars a week and you only make two fifty, and then 
you doing some weekly shit to where you, it costs 200 to live there. That means every week I'm walking away with $50 to my name for the week. You know what I mean? And so still have car insurance, still have a phone bill, still have to eat. So just ponder that and just think about that shit. And this ain't awesome. What was me? And you know, I said, I want you to feel sorry for me. I'm just saying this shit because, like I said, I'm not trying to be nobody inspiration, but I'm saying you can get through this shit. Yes, it's hard. Yes, some nights I'm frustrated. Some days I'm fucking angry. Some days I'm upset. But it's like I can get through it. You know what I mean? Like people have been through worse. People out here with no jobs, no car, no, no, you know what I'm saying? No, no people that motivate them, no, no friends to, to, to help them or coach them through when times get hard. None of that shit. So it's like I'm thankful for the people that I got in my corner straight up. You know what I mean? Like I got to find a positive in everything. Like, I can't go through life looking at shit from a negative standpoint because I did. I'd be fucking upset and angry all the time. You know what I mean? Like, within the past fucking, what, year, nigga, I lost my girl. <laughs> I lost my finances. I lost basically everything. Nigga, I'm starting from scratch at 30 years old. But the beauty in it out of all this shit is that I finally started paying the Department of Education back and I got my first credit card and I'm learning how and, I'm, and I'm, I, I improved my credit score. You know what I mean? Like, I ain't going to say what my shit was, but I finally got a credit card. My mama, um, you know, convinced me to do that. Got one. Paid it on time. And shit is it's just looking real good. Like, my credit score is improving. So, hopefully, I have a certain number in my head that I want to get to. And I'm not going to put my credit score out there. But I have a certain number in my head that I want to be at by the end of the summer. And hopefully, that shit works. If it doesn't, it is what it is. But at the end of the day, I've learned so much. And my credit score has improved. And it's light at the end of the tunnel. You know what I mean? Like, June 1st is when I go back to making what I'm supposed to be making. And then, you know, it's only up from there. And then what I plan to do is go back to school for broadcast journalism. But that's, you know, neither here nor there for right now. For right now, I just told myself I'm going to take this shit. Um, just take it week by week and don't really necessarily try to worry about saving with this shit right now. Just worry about surviving. So right now I'm in survive mode. So literally like the past four, I've been here for a month. The past four podcasts that I gave y'all was in this situation. And you wouldn't even know that because I, you know, I really don't, I don't usually get personal, but I felt like I just needed to speak this shit into existence and, you know what I'm saying? Watch the shit. Uh, let it manifest itself to say, hey, there is light at the end of the tunnel. Things will get better. Like my dog, I was telling my nigga the same thing. It's like my dog, um, and I hope he don't get mad at me for saying this, but one of my niggas just basically lost his job because, you know, they hired him, but they didn't screen him to, I guess, see if he was experienced enough. And so they basically told him that they paid, they paid too much money for them to train him. And I feel like, first of all, that's bullshit. But it's like, at the end of the day, my nigga, we going to be good. You know what I'm saying? Because I have faith that my nigga's going to be a fucking fitness guru. I have faith that my nigga's going to get to the point where he's training people and they're going to pay him to train them. You know what I mean? And then making meal prep books or making work out of it. I, like, I, I, literally, I can see this shit. Dog. It's like we got to manifest this shit, my nigga. I feel like the, the only difference between the motherfuckers that make it and the motherfuckers that don't sometimes is just the amount of work that goes into it. It's just the consistency. That's it consistency. Stay consistent. Don't fall off. Do your shit every day. Work on your craft every single day. Practice your shit every day. Now, like, try to, you know, let it manifest. See yourself. Envision yourself being in that point to where it's like, all right, this is how I see my brand. This is why I want to take my podcast. And then, you know, on a week-to-week basis, you go like, all right, I next week, I want to be here. The week after that, I want to be here. A month from now, I want to be here. Two months from now, I want to be here. Three months from now, I want to be here. Like, put that shit in motion, my nigga. Because, like, I, well, I think I said this before. I don't know. But if you've been following me from the jump, I started my podcast in 2015, right? I wanted to do a podcast since 2013, but I started my podcast in 2015. And I took a break, then started another one, then took a break and started another one. Now I'm like, I'm on my fourth or third series right now. If I had just been consistent, my nigga, since 2015, I have no doubt in my mind I would at least be getting paid for doing podcasts right now. No doubt in my mind. That was four years ago. 
Like in four years ago, podcasts, even in four years, podcasts have come so far. Now you got, I was doing this shit before Rap Radar. I was doing this shit before Joe Button. Um, I think the only person that was doing it before me was Combat Jack and uh, the nigga that's locked up. Combat Jack, what's this nigga name? I forget what his name is, but yeah, it's like, bro, I was doing podcasts before. It was a cool thing to do, but I veered off my path. I didn't stick to my guns, and now I'm back, you know, at square one, and it's like I'm not starting over again. The only reason I started over last time was because, like I said, SoundCloud was charging me, and I was in a fucked up, now y'all understand, I was in a super fucked up financial space, and I didn't have the money to dedicate to SoundCloud, even that little $15 a month, I just couldn't do it. I didn't have the money for that shit. Now, I found Anchor, shout out to the people at Anchor. And they're a great host. They send my shit through iTunes. They send my they send my shit through Spotify and whoever else. I don't really promote any other, you know, saying pages, but Spotify and iTunes is what I need personally. So I don't plan on stopping this shit. Like I said, all it takes is consistency, my nigga. That's truly what I believe. Hard work and consistency. Don't stop. I'm on week eight. I'm not stopping. Period. For nothing. They don't care if somebody die in my family. I'm not taking a break from this podcast for no holidays, for no debts, for no nothing. This shit has to continue, my nigga, because like I said, I think about it all the time. If I had just stayed consistent since 2015, I would be good. Even even when I rebranded in 2016, nigga, I was doing like fucking hundreds of listens an episode. Hundreds of listens versus this, you know what I'm saying, 30. Like my last episode is only at 12 listens. The one before that is at 30. The one before that is at like 23. The one before that is at 45. And I'm not I'm not mad at that. I'm thankful for every single person that sat there and listened to my podcast. But at one point, I had a way bigger, you know what I'm saying? Like my, my buzz was, was bigger. It was big. And it's like I just let that shit go because of life. And it's like, nah, I can live my life and be struggling or be doing good and still have the podcast and still have that shit be what I need it to be. And another thing is, like I always say on social media, but I don't know, you know, if you follow me on social media, I say, we work nine times out of 10, you work for a corporation that's a billion dollar corporation, right? You go to work eight hours a day, um, maybe five days a week, maybe four days a week, however your schedule is set up. It's 24 hours in a day. Don't work for a billion dollar corporation for eight hours in a day and then come home and be so tired and be so drained from that job that you don't come home and work on you or work on your craft or work on bettering yourself and bettering your life and furthering your life to where it needs to be. I'm a big believer in that because if you die, like if I die personally, if I die tonight and don't make it to work tomorrow, they're going to have somebody to replace me. Like beyond a shadow of a doubt, if I die in my sleep tonight, they're going to have somebody to replace me. Tomorrow, if you, even if I had to work the morning shift, they would have somebody to replace me. Like, I'm not that big of a staple in that company. And we are alone. We're not, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, these companies don't care about us. Like, we use each other for mutual benefits. You provide me with money, I provide you with work. That's how that relationship works. But it's a million people that need jobs. It's a million people that want jobs. And personally, I don't plan on working for anybody else for the rest of my life. Like, I'm not trying to be 50 years old still working at wherever. You know what I'm saying? Even if... No, I'm not. I'm just not. I want to put myself in a position to where I'm writing my own checks. I am my own boss. I have my own employees, and I write the checks, and I, you know, help people provide and feed their families, and I help my community out. But that's a whole other conversation. But basically, if you don't get nothing else from what I'm saying is that these companies... Don't care about you. So please, after you work that eight-hour shift, after you work that 10-hour shift, after you do whatever you do, come home, work on you, focus on getting yourself together and making yourself better. Like I feel like everybody should have a brand. Everybody should everybody should have some kind of extracurricular activity. Like my homegirl Brandy, she has a um, Facebook group to where they go ghost hunting. And that shit literally started, we was at work and she seen some shit on the internet about, oh, I feel like there's ghosts in this part of town. So her and a couple co-workers went and did that shit, right? And now, two, three years later, maybe two years later, she has a whole Facebook group with hundreds of people that like to ghost hunt and shit to where, you know, she's been noticed by certain... um certain department, like, I think, look, the fire, like, she's been invited to do things that she wouldn't have been able to do had she not started the group, 
You know what I mean? And pretty soon I feel like she'll start getting paid. And when I say, let me be specific, like the guy that played the original, the original um, Michael Myers from Halloween asked her to come to his little um, pop-up shop for, I think it was like a haunted house or some shit and asked her to be a part of that. And like she just getting offers and it's dope and it's all because she had a fucking idea and she stuck with it and she stayed consistent. That was three years ago. The fucking Facebook group now has hundreds of people and she's the leader, she's the admin of shit. The admin of that shit. That's her brand. That's her group. That's her brainchild. That's her. And you know what she did? Stayed consistent. That's it. Just stay consistent and didn't wave off the path. Didn't let didn't let life knock her off the path. You know what I mean? So that's just one example, man. I just this is hopefully it's motivation for you, like it's motivation for me. Cause me just saying this shit makes me feel better now that I'm getting this shit out into the universe. It's like, yeah, life is hard. Life gonna beat you up. Sometimes you wanna quit. Not quit life per se. Even though niggas do get, you know what I'm saying, so low where it's like, man, I feel like I don't even wanna be on this fucking planet no more. But you got, you know what I'm saying, brush your shit off, get up, put your big boy's shoes on, put your big girl's shoes on, and fucking walk out that door and do it, man, because ain't nobody gonna do it for you, dig. Nobody's gonna do it for you. That's that's just not how life works. You have to do it. You have to work hard, you know what I'm saying? Put yourself in position. Try to put yourself in position, make the right decisions, align yourself with the right people to make this shit work, my nigga. And I on everything. I can see me being a personality in media. I can definitely, I feel like I have a voice that's made for this shit. I don't care if nobody else feel that way. I feel that way. I feel like I have a voice that's made for for media. I feel like I'm knowledgeable enough about hip-hop to where, you know, niggas, go, niggas respect what I say. You know what I mean? People respect what I say when it comes to this rap shit. You know what I'm saying? They respect my opinions. They respect how my brain works. Niggas respect what I say. And I feel like I'm very great at articulating myself and I'm very great at, um, what is the word for it? Just explaining what's going on. I'm talking about this shit. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like I'm, I feel like I was born for this shit. I knew at a young age, in some way, form, or fashion, I was supposed to be in hip hop. Whether that was fucking being a rapper or being a fucking, you know what I'm saying, a journalist or whatever. Like, I just felt like this is what I was put on this earth to do. And I could be wrong, you know what I'm saying? Maybe I was put on this earth to do something else in media. But I do know it's media. I know that beyond a shadow of a doubt. I'm going to be a fucking name in media. The Shav Geek, or maybe if I change my name later on down the line, or Bruce Parker, or whatever the fuck the shit is, your boy going to be something. I'm putting it out there, because that's how I feel from the bottom of my heart. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to manifest that shit. I'm going to make sure that shit is what I need it to be. Now, <sighs> that was long-winded. But that felt good. That shit really felt good. As far as everything else, man, I just want to say that Liz, I love you. And I don't know where this shit going to go. I don't know where we're going to end up. I, I just don't know, but I do know I love you very much. And I know I dropped the ball on a lot of shit. And I'm sorry. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't have an issue making public apologies. I'm sorry. I know I have very, very fucked up ways. And for some reason, you still choose to stick around and deal with that shit for whatever reason. And for that, I I thank you for your strength because you taught me a lot and you showed me, you changed me. You know what I mean? You definitely changed me for the better. And whether we get back together or whether we don't, just know I love you very, very much. I want to say, man, shout out to my dad. Shout out to my best friend, Sherman. Shout out to my nigga, Court. Shout out to Rachel. And those people like Liz, my dad, Court, Rachel, Sherman, um, Denzel, you know what I mean? My nigga Zell, that bitch Zell, boy, you a whole lot It's like, I'm just, I don't have, I don't, I don't feel like I have a lot of friends per se, you know what I mean? Like real friends, like friends that know the real me, everything about me. But I do feel like, you know, the people that I have in my corner are real solid and real genuine and I wouldn't trade that shit for the world. Like, I really love the people that I consider friends. So, shout out to all of y'all. And just thank you for putting up with me because I know I'm difficult. I know I'm hard-headed. And sometimes I might be too, maybe too aggressive with the way I try to explain things. And, you know what I'm saying, maybe I might come off as a know-it-all. But y'all still fuck with me. Y'all still rock with me. Um, and y'all don't judge me. 
know what I'm saying? And I need shit like that. And my nigga Tierra. I'm <laughs> forgetting about T. T knows the real me too. You know what I mean? So shout out to just anybody in my corner. Thank you. You know what I mean? Like, genuinely, thank you. I love y'all. And y'all know I say this shit to y'all, too. Like, you know, in, in, in certain situations. But I really genuinely love all y'all. I would not trade my friends for anything in this world. Anything. And that's all my friends. Even the people that I didn't name. You know, if I'm forgetting you right now, because I'm going off the top of my head. I, I love all y'all. Anybody in my corner, thank you. And it's not, I'm not talking about the podcast. I'm talking about, you know, me as a person, like, in life. Like, my nigga Vontae always tell me, like, nigga, you need some. Hit me, you know what I'm saying? Like, and it's like I don't ever hit him. I don't ever hit him, you know, if I need some. But it's like I just appreciate the fact that if I did need it, my nigga got me. You know what I'm saying? My nigga like Darius, like my cousin Darius. Like I really have some solid people in my life, and for that, I am forever grateful and forever thankful to y'all. Thank y'all. I love y'all. You know what I mean? I really do love y'all. So that was episode eight. Um, there's two more things I want to touch on. The Beyonce documentary came out on Netflix. That shit was fucking amazing and black excellence and structured so beautifully. And just... Maybe, you know what? I'm going to say that for episode nine because I'm not going to throw the tempo of the podcast off. And the show called Black Summer, it's about zombies in the Z Nation universe. So yeah, I'm going to just say those for next week. But this was episode eight. It was called Dying of Thirst. Thank you for um, listening to me rant. Thank you for letting me be real. And if this episode is receptive, receptive and people enjoy it, then I might be real like this every week and you know, maybe push hip hop to like maybe just 75% of the podcast and do like a real 25% while I'm just telling y'all what's really going on with me. But again, thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. I appreciate all of y'all. And until next oh, 40 minutes. Goddamn. 40, yeah, that's crazy. Thank you for listening, man. You can follow me on Instagram. That's at the Shive Geek. T H A S H I V E G E K. Same thing with Twitter. T H A S H I V E G E E K. And um, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. I appreciate y'all. I hope y'all have a beautiful week. I hope y'all have a wonderful week. And I'm gonna try to do the same myself, man. Remember, life is hard, but we here. You know what I'm saying? If you woke up this morning. You winning. In the words of my nigga Titty Boy, I'm out this bitch.